The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is, no. Hey, what's up? T. Rich bringing in the show today. Um, doing things a little bit differently, so I'm calling in. So you guys just have to introduce yourselves <laughs> as you see fit since no one is standing to my left or my right. You, scratching your head. Lee Bendis III, a.k.a. Da Vinci Parks, a.k.a. I need to put more shade better on my scalp, apparently. <laughs> Yo, it's and my best friend in the whole wide world. Yes, yes. Even though my whole right side is naked and cold without you here. <laughs> I'm going to survive this this one podcast. It's Slim Williams, a.k.a. SW. <laughs> just, just getting by the best I can without T-Rich in my presence. Just to get by. That's not all we're doing. Um, <laughs> Kay Savage is not feeling well today, so we send her good blessings. Indeed. So let's jump right into the murky waters. The murky waters. Jay Z. Who you with? It's <laughs> a great question. <laughs> Who are you with? Um. So everybody from the root to the Atlantic. To Rolling Stone, to I'm pretty sure my mom even like did a block. She just she did. I'm just kidding. But everybody has been talking about um, the Jay Z's new bedfellow, and not the one he cheated on Beyonce with, but the NFL. There's that shade. So <laughs> he decided to roll in the mud a little bit to um, become the new quote unquote social justice. I guess he's some sort of champion. Advocate. Yeah, he's, he's basically like, like the lead of social advocacy. Director. Social justice advocacy for the NFL. Yeah. Talent scout, apparently. You know, it's like, yo. Like, I mean, <laughs> which none of those words put together makes sense. Social justice, NFL. Like, I don't even understand how those things go together. But anyway, this is what he's decided to do. Um, very few details have leaked out about it. And... Who knows of what has leaked out? Who knows what's true, what's not? Um, supposedly, he's going to be a majority owner of a yet-to-be-identified NFL team. Um, and kneeling and we wow. need Go back something. a little bit. You broke up just a little bit. Go back a little bit. You said unidentified said NFL team. And then what? I said, according to him, we are past the point of kneeling and need to do something, I guess, else. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, and initially, you know, there was a, during the press conference, people were asking, you know, like, what does this mean for Colin Kaepernick? And, you know, just like, what are you going to do? What's the plan here? And it's all really vague, except he's going to make shit better. And he is in Jay-Z. Yeah. Okay. Is it Eric Reed? Eric Reed, yes. Yeah, basically said like it's despicable. Yeah, that's the, and he was basically. I think that's an exact quote. 
He 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 was the if I recall correctly, Eric Reed was the one who was actually kneeling with Kaepernick in the beginning, uh, mm-hmm. and, and has been very vocal and outspoken about the injustice and and basically running on the platform that Kaepernick started or whatever. So Eric Reed was not a casualty of what Kaepernick started, but he has been carrying on the fight from inside. So yeah, uh, he had a couple interesting uh, tweets about Jay Z and how he wasn't feeling Jay Z's actions. Yeah. So are we gonna are we gonna dive in now that we've? Mm-hmm. I, I just had to give a little background. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know what in case somebody was. Neither did I. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, I, I've seen uh, um, an article or two myself, and I, I also got that it was an undisclosed NFL team, and part of the deal is he's supposed to also he as in being Jay Z is also supposed to be. Uh, the intermediary, I guess, for finding talent for NFL events. And I, I guess that would include the Super Bowl. Um, it perhaps basically being that, that go to to say, Hey, like, you know, you know, it'd be a good look as if you took this artist and go to that artist and say, Hey, NFL might be interested in you working this particular event. You know, what do you think? That type of deal or whatever. So, um, there are a lot of interesting layers to peel back on this onion. I mean, there's the layer with Jermaine Dupree. Um, I had read something with regard to reportedly, and I'm going to use the word reportedly or allegedly a lot during the course of this uh, this topic. So reportedly, uh, a similar deal had been offered or floated around to Jermaine Dupree and Jay-Z reportedly told Jermaine Dupree that he should pass on such a deal and, and not do it. Um, so... That's interesting. Also, reportedly, uh, there was a call that did happen after the deal between Jay-Z and the NFL broke between Jay-Z and Colin Kaepernick. And reportedly, it was not a good call. Speaking of by a source of a source of speaking from a position of anonymity. Jesus Christ, you know what I'm trying to say? Anonymity. And Nicole Smith. <laughs> anonymity yeah yeah so um, anaphylactic shot yeah yeah that's how Kaepernick's girlfriend said that call never happened any are you okay uh, yeah so the call did not happen according to Kaepernick's girlfriend but there was another person who was supposed okay? to be close to the matter and this is I believe uh, according to the Jamel Hill article I posted last week on this so uh, my, I, I read a few things since then so I could be conflating but I believe that was actually in that article um, and Jamel Hill, if I am remembering correctly, is a very good journalist and sports writer. So I, I, I take a lot of what she says, you know, to be what it is. Um, so that being the case. So th- th- then there's also the historical aspects of me just listening to hip hop and, and being a fan of hip hop and also being a fan of Jay-Z's music. You know, I, I, I felt that he's done some moves over the course of his career that kind of like, you know, mm, I don't know about that right there, though. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's not hurting me one way or the other. Before we got on the mic, I was saying, like, the way the thing went down in the separation of Jay-Z from Dame Dash and Kareem Biggs Burke, to me, looked a little suspect, you know, especially when you hear Dame's account of it, basically, like, I was the bad guy, being the intermediary, going back and forth between different people, you know, and then you start vacationing with the people that you're supposed to supposedly have me yelling at and I don't know it. So then when it comes time for you to make a move or whatever, you cut me off or whatever and you go do your thing. And it's interesting because I did notice that, like, you know, you would see 
Jay-Z here and there. Even on the Free Meek documentary, you see Jay-Z on the stage with Robert Kraft of the New England Patriots. And, you know, I just, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's a part, there's a very real part of me that does not want to jump to conclusions. I feel like I have to see things first. I can acknowledge that Jay-Z has done a lot of things in terms of philanthropy and all that stuff or whatever. So, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be quick to judge, but at the same time, I do feel like uh, sometimes from, you know, if you're just looking at things, I think he sometimes looks like he really just wants to be in the room with the, the biggest people in the room mm-hmm. and how he gets there. I don't I don't necessarily think he cares or understands how that may look. He probably doesn't care. But yeah. yeah. I yeah, I I I don't think Kaepernick had to be in the room, but I think it would have been a good look if he was. But you know, I don't I don't know the I don't know the, the details. I'm passing the mic though. I'm talking enough. It's like improv. So did you have more T Rich or yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of all of this. I know people have been trying to say, you know, <clears throat> Jay-Z's made this um, recent push to do a lot of social justice stuff, like with the Free Meek documentary and the Khalif Browder story. Jamal and Martin. Right. Mm-hmm. And just, um, I think he bailed out some people in, I don't know what state or city it was in, but... You know, he's been on this kind of self social justice campaign. Sorry, not self justice, social justice campaign of sorts. <laughs> Soho justice. Hmm. <laughs> um, Just for that specific area of New York. So I think people are trying to give him a little more leeway. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I mean, the people he's decided to align himself with. And the people, a person that they have openly aligned themselves with. Being like, Trump. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like, I just like those things aren't matching up. Yeah. And, you know, this whole idea of like, oh, you have to change things from the inside. Not necessarily. So <clears throat> I think we have a situation here where there are a bunch of potential truths that are all divergent and can all simultaneously be true. Sometimes that happens. It's a convergence. I think Jay-Z has a past and because he's been very vocal about that past, primarily in his music, there is a representation of him. Then you have decisions that he's made outside of music related to his businesses and he has decisions that he's made in his personal life and all of those decisions point to him being selfish and self-involved and doing whatever mm-hmm. he feels like he needs to do for himself. Some might call that and ambition. It, but yeah. and, and if you want to tie that to uh, it might benefit the people who are closest to him Sometimes, like his children, um, sometimes the people closest to him are hurt by it, like his wife. But he always makes decisions that he feels like it's a necessary decision. And if you listen to his music, he's documented that process. Jay-Z had talent. He also, some argue, 
benefited from the loss of Notorious B.I.G. Mm-hmm. The timing, they were both coming up at the same time pretty much, but B.I.G. was definitely the bigger artist. And then he died and Jay-Z uh, kind of just took over the scene after that. So it was some his talent, some the timing, some the vacuum left by B.I.G. at the time. And he was able to become very, very like ridiculously successful. But he became successful rapping with content that did not help our community. It was not positive for our community. It was positive for him. And it benefited him. And he said, truthfully, I want to rhyme like common sense. But I did five mil. I ain't been rhyming like common sense. He knew what he was doing. He was aware of it. So fast forward, Jay-Z's older. He has made 444, a retrospective on his life and some of the decisions that he made. Looking forward to how those decisions are going to affect him potentially and his family and could uh, affect him and his family. He has spoken out more about social justice, social justice issues. And so now we're able to get a picture of Jay-Z past and present a comprehensive view of bad decisions and better decisions and then we take this decision and we take the culmination of everything that occurred before that and then we want to judge this one and like Lee said we don't really know the details and we don't know the outcome of it yet I will say there are definitely parts of me that feels like I would like this. I would like the narrative of this to have been better. I would like the narrative of this to have been one where there was more, there was more validation and vindication for what Colin Kaepernick did and has stood for and has (laughs) suffered because of, uh, and, more more of the narrative focusing on Jay-Z said in the other lyrics on, the, on on Ape Shit. He said, you need me, I don't need you. Talking about the Super Bowl. Tell the NFL yeah. we in stadiums too. Yeah. That's a true statement. So when I say I don't like the narrative of how it came out, the other thing, the convergence I was speaking about before is also true. If there is a potential for somebody to come into this situation and actually have a positive impact, it is somebody like Jay-Z. That's not a statement that he's the person to do it because he has a past. He has a history, which I just documented, which Lee documented some of, um, which uh, T. Rich has alluded to. This history is true. But this history is not all black and white now. Once you take a comprehensive look at his entire life and you include the things you've seen over the last few years from him. Mm-hmm. But it he doesn't need the NFL. This is not a deal that's going to make or break him. This is not a deal that's going to ruin his financial legacy. This is not a this is not a move that if it goes south is going to destroy what he's trying to leave for his family and what his children uh, 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 leave for his family and children. So it will need to be a person in that position to be able to go into an American juggernaut 
which is what the NFL is, mm-hmm. and use the leverage they can fulcrum to actually bring some social justice change because he can make the statement that I'm coming in here. You all are using me to put a good face on this thing. I need to be empowered to actually make some changes. And remember, I don't need you. I can always walk away from this and say, they're not serious. They're BSing. They did not want any social change. They just wanted me to come in and coon and shuck and jive. And I wasn't going to do that. I thought they were serious. I thought they actually wanted me to come in and make a difference. And they didn't want me to do that. So I rolled out. That is something that could happen. That's fast forwarding. We don't know what's actually going to happen. We don't know what the, we don't know what the real outcome is going to be. Everything is just potential outcomes. I'm simply saying he is a person who is in position to be able to do that. And it would have to be it would have to be someone like him in that position. The NFL could have just like they could have hired like somebody. Right. They could have hired like somebody who's like an activist who has like a lot of experience with actually affecting social justice change. Right. Somebody who's not in the same financial position as Jay-Z, somebody who would actually be financially dependent on whatever they get from the NFL in this circumstance. And then now we got the NFL saying that that person is power is empowered, but that person is actually uh, beholden because their lifestyle and their legacy and everything is dependent on this, you know? So the summarize everything I just said in a very verbose <laughs> uh, stressed out explanation is that, like I said in the beginning, I think all the things are true. I'm not happy with how it looks. I wish I knew more. I know we will know more. I know Jay-Z's human, as all people are, and he's not handling it the way I would handle it if I was in his position. But I'm not in his position. And there's something to be said for that. The moves that he made that I'm not happy with got him to this point (laughs) to be in this position where he might be able to do something positive in this situation at a scale that I would not be able to do it because I didn't make those decisions and I didn't put myself, I may be better equipped. I may have more of the tools from like a, from a psychological perspective and from a, you know, all the, the other things that I bring to bear in my, you know, trying to understand brain science and human interaction and all of that stuff. But I didn't make the moves to put myself in a position to be able to fulcrum real change in the NFL. He can do it. I don't know if he will. I don't know if that's going to actually be what happens, but he could. He's in the position to do it. All right. So I I would just like to throw a couple of things out there. Like I think we've all established that we don't know the uh, that I obviously we don't know the intimate details of what the 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 deal is comprised of. Like what are the nuts and bolts? We don't know that. We don't know what's on the hearts and minds of the particular owners. Although we can suspect based upon their actions leading up to this point, don't know what's on the heart and mind of Jay Z. Although we can make conclusions based upon the music we've listened to that you know he's freely made himself. Uh, it, it can be 
looked at by a lot of people, and I don't think it would be unfair to look at it this way, that it's a money grab for him. Um, I agree. Here's my immediate concern, and I think this is the problem that a lot of people are having, especially people who are of color, uh, who are like, you know, who have put any type of like stock in Jay-Z over the years in terms of like, yo, Jay-Z's this, that, or the third. The very real thing is there was a movement that was happening with regard to bucking the NFL. Their numbers were down. And it wasn't just like the whole atrocities that they've done with the CTE scandal, although I think that played into it some as well. But it was clearly there were there was traction being made in terms of people being dissatisfied with how the NFL was unapologetically handling the social injustice aspect of why Colin Kaepernick was protesting in the first place. There'd been a lot of like baiting and switching, a lot of like deflecting or whatever, making it about the flag and the veterans, et cetera, et cetera. And that being the case, I mean, that it wasn't something that died off like they were hoping it was going to do. Right. Right. So by Jay-Z, after like, you know, making a supposed stand, like we don't need the NFL and blah, 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 and wearing Colin Kaepernick jerseys or whatever, and making a thing about Colin Kaepernick's thing, even on the um, um, story of OJ, um, the, uh, you know, all the other athletes or whatever, the, the activists or whatever, who have been riding for Colin Kaepernick, for him to then step in as Jay-Z and then partner with the NFL, that's kind of like, yo, it was a unilateral power move. And what it looks like is like now everybody's going to fall in line. And if nothing else, it gives the NFL a pass. It gives them cover. It makes him, whether he understands it or not right now, it makes him a co-conspirator. It makes him complicit to whatever shit happens next. Because at the end of the day, like things are not going to happen smoothly. And even if he becomes majority owner of an NFL team, the fact of the matter is it's done by votes and there's things called con- collusion that happened in the NFL. That's one of the reasons Colin Kaepernick was blackballed. It was collusion. The same reason why the Redskins got like, you know, like hit with these crazy fines at that RG3 th- thing or whatever, like 36 million, like over two years. It was collusion. <laughs> They're like, this is what they do. So like at the end of the day, even if he's a majority owner, he's one vote and he's the new guy on the block that maybe nobody really respects because he didn't really like, you know, come up, you know, and like, like pull cash out of his pocket, like, yo, I'm buying this franchise. This is how I'm doing it. This is like, yo, we're going to give you like majority stake in this, in this. And it might not actually be a majority stake because that was the argument before we thought he owned the nets. And we found out that he was like a minority owner later down the line. So just the way it looks like 1%. I don't know if it was that small, but, you know what I mean? I mean, it, it was good to make it look like he was the face because Jay-Z, like, you know, he reps Brooklyn hard. We get that. But then it, it just comes but down to like, he? huh? I said, but does he? I mean, on the surface, in yeah. His music, like, I'm talking right. about spe- specifically in his music. Yeah. I mean, I, I again, I don't know <laughs> Jay personally. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just going based upon the music that I've heard over the years. You know, like uh, if I have a daughter, what I'm going to name her, Brooklyn Carter. Like, you know, it's like it's just like, you know, I, I think, you know, he's made a lot of great, like, savvy moves or whatever. And honestly, I think some of the critiques that we might be giving him, we might not give him these critiques if he were a white dude in a different business space, too. 
but he's in a space that we care about because of the space that we all contribute to, which is hip hop. So it's just like, to me, it's just like, and this is also bigger than hip hop in a sense, in, in a weird way, although hip hop is a big thing and it, it ties a lot of things together, including social justice and it has from its roots. Um, but like, like, dude, like, it, it, I just feel like he's, I feel like he's giving the NFL un, undue cover at a time when they were reeling. So they can all use him as like the like the poster boy and hide behind him and just like we're good now. What are you talking about? I think whatever happens going forward, he's definitely complicit. You're right about that. I agree. Well, I'm not gonna say you're right. I'm gonna say I agree. <laughs> Could be wrong. Somebody else, just, you know, disagree. Whatever. Right. Uh, complicit. I agree. Giving them cover. I'm gonna say he might be giving them cover. Why else would they make such a? Why else would they? Uh, that might be the intention. Yeah. Huh? That might be the intention, but look at the reaction. They're not giving them cover. They're they're not receiving any cover. Every black voice is like hell no. Nah. What the hell is this? Like the cover that they are attempting to get. That might be the narrative they want to spin. The black community is not giving. It is not like they're not buying it. There's a bit of a split in what I'm seeing in the publications. And but most of the split I'm seeing is you have people who are taking a hard line like Jay-Z is about that coonery with this decision and he going to tap dance for them. People are either really extreme to that side and then there are more people uh I'm not going to say more cuz I haven't done any metric, you know, tabulations. Uh I'll say there are other people who are more along the lines of what I'm saying where they're saying like this is this is like somebody who actually might be able to do something, even though we don't know if he actually will do it. I don't think. But if you're going to do it, yeah. he's a person in the sense that's in a position to potentially do it. I don't think I don't think I disagree with that at all. But the, the, so there's no covered is all I'm saying. Yeah. Like I, that's the that's a good narrative to be able to spin. But the reality of it is that narrative is only going to fly with people that that narrative would have flown with anyway. I, I just I just want to rewind some people back who may not be aware or may have, may have forgotten. There was a time where Donald Trump wanted to buy an NFL team. Mm-hmm. And they froze him out. They didn't want him a part of his club, a part of their club. And Donald Trump came for money. There Donald are Trump the only... Huh? This fool wanted to buy Greenland this week. Or last week. Well, I believe him saying that was a way of like de- deflecting whatever all the stuff that was happening in the news, particularly with Jeffrey Epstein and in between like we was doing like Netanyahu, like you know, trying to get his own own congresswomen barred from Israel and Israel's an ally. I think that was basically just him being Donald Trump trying to throw a mess out there so people don't pay attention to the bullshit he'd be pulling. But I mean, that was still ridiculous. You know, but I just. I mean, to be clear, Jay Z does not have enough money to buy a team. Be a majority owner of an NFL team, right? And that's. I think that's that's a very interesting thing. So, yeah. like, how is he going to get this majority ownership? And his money is this not an, in, all in one place yeah, either. So yeah. it's like, is this, be... is this an expansion team that they're going to do that they haven't announced? I mean, I don't know. There's only one NFL owner that is a quote unquote minority, and I believe that's the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think his last name is Khan. Um. God, sorry, I just had to. Um, God, 
So, um, but yeah, I believe the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I believe that he has done some, made some steps with regard to being, um, amenable to like some of the social justice stances that some of those players have wanted to make. Uh, I'm not going to say all owners have been completely staunchly against it, but there have been a lot of owners who are like, you need to get these people in line before, before Jay-Z ever set foot on the scene, set foot on the scene. These are still good old boys with money. And they have a very specific way. Like Jerry Jones don't care nothing about social social justice, and neither does uh, although um, hypocritical as Daniel uh, um, Snyder, he don't care about social justice either. Making fake um, commissions to go ex- explore whether or not the name Re- uh, Redskins is racist. Like we we know the history on that, but thank you for that that commission that you paid for. Appreciate and just that. in case we didn't know. You certainly confirmed it with your mascot and logo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm speaking, ladies and gentlemen, somebody who grew up a lifelong fan of that franchise. But I recognize. I mean, it's a hard road to run. On social media, you know, and in person, a lot of folks, a lot of folks been asking me what my stance is. And my stance right now is my NFL boycott shall continue. Mm -hmm. This has not done anything to change my perspective on the state of the NFL. Like I said, for me, this doesn't give them any cover. This gives me a let me see what's going to happen. I have I will tell you what has changed. I have gone from the NFL was just staunchly entrenched in their position and there was no chance that they were going to try to do anything to going to the side of, oh, okay, yeah, they know they got a problem. They're aware they have a problem. They're at least trying to make it look good that's a that's a crack that's a crack in the armor that i didn't think the nfl had i didn't think they had any weaknesses money is always a weakness for 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 business like that i thought they like they were going because you know whenever i look around at people's boycott and i see like you on my right i was my wife on my left and then i like everybody else is like head to the sports bar you know what i'm saying to watch some football games so i'd be feeling like as with many of my boycotts that I'm doing that joint by myself, you hey, know, I but mean, apparently hey, but Popeye's has a new uh, chicken sandwich. So <laughs> you can continue to say, fuck has the McRib boy. come out back out yet? You know, when things get really hectic, you know, the McRib, the McRib yeah, yeah. Re- resurface. Yeah, shout out to Bill Burr for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, political trouble got to happen for that to come out. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm going to wait and see what happened. But until then, uh, my Nielsen's, my streams, none none of my devices, none of my accounts are going to be feeding the NFL machine. I'm just going to keep watching what happens. I want to ask both of you this question. I think it's a very simple one. If Jay-Z drops an album next week, are you buying it? Or are you like maybe streaming it? Or are you maybe like, nah, I'm not touching that shit? Well, I have Amazon I have Amazon. If he drops one next week, he dropped an album next week. I have Amazon. It depends on it depends on how many details about his partnership with the NFL have come out. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm leaning to probably about a ninety percent nope. Yeah. I I have Amazon Prime. So what's gonna happen is his album's gonna come out on title and then after it comes out on title, some time's gonna go by and it's gonna be on Amazon Prime. And I already <laughs> pay for Amazon Prime. So I'm gonna listen to it. I'm not going to buy the album 
I'm saying, he still gets paid off the streams. He's gonna get some. He's getting you get less though. Yeah, right? I, I understand. I'm just okay. <laughs> you get less. I'm just I'm just so, again. I'm right. just trying to get an understanding where you stand. That's my position. Is okay. he will get less? Okay. Uh, I have already said a a prayer to sweet baby Jesus laying in his little manger. Ain't even opened his eyes yet. Hasn't even. No, he's <laughs> playing with his little baby Einstein. <laughs> 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 Learning his words that he will keep Beyonce as far away from the Super Bowl as <laughs> humanly possible. Well, she's already the done the Super Bowl. I don't think she has to go back and do that. Well, yeah, let's be clear. Beyonce don't have to do anything. Yeah. She doesn't have to do shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she don't have to do anything. Oh, but, you think even like I could get you Beyonce? She loves to do yeah, epic does. stuff, though. Yeah, yeah. And the way the Super Bowl performance she had, yeah. remember that joint? Remember that SNL sketch? Yeah. Well, the the day Beyonce turned black. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what that NFL performance was like. I'm like, I mean, and she just keeps getting blacker. Exactly. Yeah. yeah the, the, her black. This whole Afro Beats album she just came out with, talking about brown skin girls. Like the Creole queen didn't have to do that. She's got this bright light skin and these green eyes, but she talking to the brown girls. She said so, the Creole queen. She don't have to do anything. I look, she's like that's no, why she no. doesn't do interviews. So I'm I'm like, I, I don't know. There's so much potential for this actually to go right. There is so much history that indicates it isn't going to go right. But the truth is going to be what actually happens. And only the future knows that. No. For example, look at a black lady sketch show. So much potential for it to go right. A black lady. It's because it's, it, it's not the black lady sketch show. It's just a. A black lady sketch show. Yeah. And it's just. It could have gone right, but it didn't. It didn't. Unfortunately, it's just a black lady sketch show. Because if it was the, it would be terrible if it didn't go right. But there are others because it's just a, you know. I keep streaming that like it's got to get better, right? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I root for Robin Thede, but it's, oh. hmm. no. No. No laughs at all, so. Don't be a black lady sketch show, Jay-Z. Um, <laughs> Go ahead, girl, do your show. Yes. Or as a, oh God, what was that line on Pose? No, I don't know. Go back to your shallow conversation and clam chowder. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the specific demographic. Mm-hmm. Chowder. I love Pose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Speaking of, I don't know. I have no transition. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, that Speak, was your transition. Speaking of terrible segues. <laughs> Starts with a little cue. <laughs> Is this a camera? <laughs> Live. <laughs> oh, uh, the president of people who make their employees attend his rallies spoke to uh, Netanyahu over in Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came up with a great idea to not allow uh, representatives to leave and uh, 
Omar Ohan. Omar, yeah. Ohan. I can never say just one name. I have to say her whole name. This is fine, but Omar, Representative Omar. Got you. I'm with you. Uh, Not to be allowed into Israel. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Israel changed his mind and said, okay, Talib, you know, you got your grandma here. She's like 90. Uh, you know, she might die, so you can come over, but we got some conditions. Yeah, you can't do this. You can't make no, you can't talk to nobody. You can't make no speeches. Yes, it was, it was, it was a whole thing. No milk. And she was, she was willing to do it at first, and then she's like, nah, I'm not gonna let you play me like that, son. Which I'm not mad at. Thought I was a donut. Tried to glaze me. Tried to glaze me. Mm. I could go for a glazed donut right now. Though. Hey, the donuts are the devil. Don't put that in your body. I'm sorry. You ain't even paying attention. Don't to you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> in case you guys are not picking up, I just recently watched Talladega Nights. Oh! <laughs> you just became more my best friend? Like, you just, <laughs> you just like... I, I, I think anybody who knows me and knows about my feeling about Will Ferrell knows that Talladega Nights is probably my favorite Will Ferrell movie. Oh, it's so really good. like Stranger Than Fiction, but Tyler Dick and Ice is my shit. I'm never going to walk again. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. I hope you have two sons. <laughs> Beautiful boys. <laughs> Run like the wind. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This has nothing to do with Israel or anything. But tangents, tangents. I don't mean no disrespect, but that is horse shit. You can't say no disrespect and then say something disrespectful after that. Uh, I don't know what to do with my hands. Huh? He's an American treasure. He is. You're going to break us like wild horses, ain't you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. Second, third, hell, even fourth. Great movie. Everybody look away. Great movie. I wish this was a great movie, but this is actually reality. Uh-oh. So here we are in the country run by the the president of people who like to put out memos saying that all of the shootings are the fault of the Democrats and the liberals. Uh, that's where we are. Uh, he's also saying there's mental illness. Uh, he's, he's trying to beat that drum. I want to go back to the Ilhan Omar and Representative Tlaib uh, I said Ohan Omar too. See, uh, <laughs> I don't want to go back to that though. I don't want. I don't want to glaze over that because we we started like joking a little bit. I think the problem with that specific thing is you have a president who's calling a foreign country and telling that person who is supposed to be an ally to like not let them into a country or whatever when they had already been scheduled on the books. Nobody had any problems with it. They were already like lined up to go over there. And honestly, they were just going over there not to actually do. They were going over there for like, you know, investigative purposes. They want to actually see how things were going over there, or whatever, which, you know, you know, speak about something. Maybe you want to know what you're speaking about. That doesn't, you know, that's not bad. But like, to paraphrase, you know, President Obama. Yeah. But, you know, like, you know, like Clay Kane on on Sirius XM made a good point. Like, yo, it wasn't Clay. I'm sorry. It was um, um, Wilmer Leon, Dr. Wilmer Leon. Uh, he was saying like, yeah, so. If you didn't have a problem with your behavior, then why would you then bar them from coming? Like what like what is the problem? If you were doing nothing wrong, what was the problem? 
if you were doing something wrong and that's the point that you want to stand on, then what's the problem? Either way, your reason for barring them is just very suspect. And the idea that uh, uh, the president would actually call like against his own like his own people, that's just like that's like, you know, to me, that's like, I don't know, maybe treasonous is too, but that's bitch made. I mean, I don't know how to, I don't know like what the level, with the, the space between treason and bitch made it's is. It's definitely bitch made. <laughs> but it's just like, it's, it's, it's on the level though. It's, definitely it's, bitch it's, made. It's, the, it's the whole idea, like, you know. But his whole presidency is treasonous. Like the, the fact that he even is is president. I take it's a treasonous act by the people who voted for him. I take Putin's word over, like you know, my seventeen national security advisors who like have you know it's just that mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like just the way he he carries himself and the way people ride over him is just like it's very frustrating. But like that right there, that's that's problem. That's a problem that like you're basically finding ways to break down our republic and democracy in ways that haven't quite been done before because the end of the day when we go overseas as like you know representatives as you know attaches as diplomats we have to go overseas like as one united front yo because like once you overseas or whatever you expose you out there like you know things can and possibly will happen so like you know you can't be like sending your people out into the world and you putting targets on their back dog Especially when he's saying like they, um, I don't know if he, I don't think he said this about uh, Representative Tlaib, but definitely about uh, Representative Omar. He cannot stand Omar. He can't stand her. He hates Israel and all Jews. Yeah, he does not like Omar. So, yeah, I I think it's very reckless talk, and I'm I'm as I said um, many podcasts ago. I am specifically concerned about the safety of Representative Omar. You know what I'm saying? Because I think he says certain things to weaponize certain people in his base to do things that he's been trying to dog whistle for. And just like, you know, the whole idea, like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't feel as though I should have to leave after eight years if I don't want to. Why Why should I? You know, like, and I think he's trying to set up this this scenario where if he gets voted out of office, which is possible, but not looking good right now because the Democrats are not running a good party right now. I mean, good campaign right now. And we're not really united. And I'm not saying we as in I'm a Democrat. I'm saying we as in like people who do not like Trump. We're not really united. There's a lot of different like, you know, factions going on and splintering and it's not looking good. So like he could get another four years. And at the end of that four years, he might not feel like he wants to leave. So early. And let's not also talk about the fact that we also have all these indications of recession. So uh y'all might want to like talk about some talk to some financial experts, rebalance your 401ks, because although y'all a lot of y'all might not actually be in stocks, your 401k is, which will be impacted by the stock market if it starts to trip out. A la 2008, just throwing it out there. I'm 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 yeah, I'm just yeah, I mean, <laughs> all of the articles say that we're headed towards a recession. Is it a recession or the recession? Like a, a schedule or the schedule? <laughs> is it, is it, are we headed towards the recession? I right mean, now? there's been so many. So I think that's kind of like the Jay-Z NFL thing. It's <laughs> yet to be determined. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been personally thinking that a recession was coming for a very long time because I just don't understand 
why the market has been up as much as that has. When it got over 20,000, I couldn't understand it. So when it got to 27, 28, I was like, I really don't get it. And um, some people make some very good points. Now you're listening to these like these experts or whatever. I listen to Sirius XM a lot. So like, you know, be it NPR or Urban View, making the points like a lot of these companies are like, you know, supposedly have all these high valuations, but they're bleeding money left and right. But they have all these high valuations. So two things ain't adding up. This is why I think Powell needed to continue to either keep interest rates the same or continue to increase them. You talking about Safa Powell? He's just a track star, man. Because he just runs for Jamaica. We decreasing about? the interest rates before we get a recession. <laughs> well, it's like not. The, it's not any place to go. But the fact that he raised gonna, it in the first place, need, we're going to need tools. A place to go. Yeah, yeah, we're going to need tools. We're going to need all the tools we can get during but a recession. You remember though, like Trump was laying into him when he started raising the rates at all. Though. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like the fact that he raised rates because a lot of people were telling them not to raise rates, but at some point you have to. You got to do it. Go somewhere because like you know when this recession comes, you can't go below zero. <laughs> it just, it just, just can't happen. So, um, yeah, like I don't, I don't know what's going, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's, it's going to be interesting. So for you know those people I've been telling about, like you know, line up your budget, line up your budgets, please write them down. Don't just have them in your head. Like you know, really start being like thoughtful and intentional about saving more money. Maybe go out a little bit less because it, it's gonna probably get like really interesting for a couple of years. Or you know. Swing it. <laughs> you can do that too. Yeah, you know, just yeah. swing it. And you, you know, uh, you know, Trump is gonna be like, yeah, like, because you know, he, he tried to say he inherited one of the worst economies in, in, in. <laughs> <laughs> Although clearly that was not the case, you know, because the stock market had never been higher than one he got when he came into office. But you know, yeah, the, so you know, he's gonna try to cop please. This is Obama's fault, you know. Yeah, yeah, these narratives. It's always about the narrative. At the end of the day, everything is always about the narrative. Yeah. And but we all know that like typically when you're when you're coming into a presidency after it's been 8 years, the first couple years of the of your presidency is going to be the effect of the last president, which is why there was such a shitty like, you know, you know, transition between Bush and Obama because we were like, you know, stock market crashed. Nobody was prosecuted, of course, because why would you? You know, and then like, you know, the auto industry was a near collapse, you know, um, housing market was collapsed in like two wars that were, you know, in the middle of. There's a lot of stuff going on. So, like, you know, that was what, you know, President Obama inherited and Trump inherited what he got. And now we're starting to see the economy turn on these these bad, like, you know, challenges with these tariffs and trying to do trade wars with China and shit. It's not going well. It's not going well at all. I'm sorry. I'm still talking about Trump. I apologize. Oh, did you see me glazing over? I apologize. You thought she was a donut. I I didn't. (laughs) I did not, T-Rich. I did not look at you and think that you were a donut. Oh, donuts would be great. Um, Speaking of greatness, Dave Chappelle is going to bless us. Yeah, on the 26th. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. uh, with another stand-up special. Is this on Netflix? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's called Sticks and Stones. It's going to be on Netflix on the, on August 26th. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. As Y'all, am I. You heard about Eddie Murphy signing, like, I think it was reportedly a $70 million deal? Yes. Yeah. 
So I'm excited about that. If anybody has not seen the Eddie Murphy with Jerry Seinfeld, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, uh, you should treat yourself. Is uh, this the first stand-up routine he's done since like the 80s? Uh, well, this will be yeah, first tape, but yeah, he's gonna tour. Special. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna tour. He's not gonna just jump out there cold. He'll like work smaller rooms to like get his. Well, time. I mean, like record it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he quit cold turkey. You know, but like the reason why I brought up the whole Jerry Seinfeld Eddie Murphy thing is like when you watch that, the first thing that struck me was Eddie Murphy's memory is sharp. I didn't know that Eddie Murphy and Seinfeld were coming up in the comedy scene together in New York at the same time in the 70s. So, like, you know, Jerry's like, yeah, I worked this comedy uh, set here. What was the name of that? And Eddie's like, oh, is this, that? And the, the owner was this, that? And, you know, he remembers a lot. So I, I'm kind of thinking that the way Eddie's mind works, he probably develops sets in his head. He probably just needs to actually work them and time them out. But I, he's probably got... Yeah, if you saw, yeah, I, I would just say watch it. I'll just stop talking about it. Just watch. So, but Dave Chappelle, I'm sorry. I kind of deviated from what you were saying. My oh, mind. just, you know, just watch it. I imagine it's going to be funny because Dave Chappelle is fucking hilarious. Are we going to watch that together? Uh, we should as watch a family? Yeah. We should watch it as a family. We should watch it together. Chappelle show. Chappelle show. I think we should watch it. Now, we could get a Chappelle show reboot with Chappelle, like we're getting a Mm, um, Boondocks Boondocks reboot with McGruder. Mm -hmm. Man, that would be amazing. I'm very excited for this Boondocks return. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we'll get a Chappelle show reboot. I mean, we we may get another Chappelle sketch comedy show. Yeah, that's what you're saying. But we won't get a Chappelle show reboot. Comedy Central owns Chappelle's show. He ain't gonna work with Comedy Central. I don't think after the split they had. I don't think he should try to go back down the road he's already traveled either. Because sometimes when people try to do that, it's not it's not the same. I think Arsenio Hall was a proof of that when he tried to come. Oh, speaking of which, who's gonna see uh, Coming to America two when it comes out next year? I gotta see it. I'm sorry. (laughs) I gotta see it. It's gonna it's gonna have everybody back in it. I'm I'm excited about that too. Uh... Your straight face is not. Not encouraging at all. I'm going to be by myself. So I have Arsenio, John Amos is going to have the original Lisa McDowell. I'm going to say her last name is Heavy. I can't remember the first name. Um, uh, James Earl Jones, Vanessa Bell Calloway. For some reason, Wesley Snipes is going to be in it. You know me, man. I I will commit to see anything. I, I just, yeah, you're I, not going to. I can't gonna always commit to win. That's well, all. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know, you, know, you know the way my life is set up. I will. View it. <laughs> you didn't like the original Coming to America? I did. Okay. You just don't have faith in this one's going to be good. I do not. Even though yeah. Kenya Barris is going to be the one writing it? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Is this is some? Sometimes you get. I mean, we like grownish. We like uh, we like uh, blackish. Sometimes you get lightning in a bottle, and that's why something works. Uh-huh. And then you know, it's just like it's not like we didn't have like a Coming to America sequel back then you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so we didn't get to workshop it when it really could have worked you look at the look at like the continuation of the star wars franchise you look at like it's just there's a lot of stuff is like that's, that's cold bro you look at look at uh uh what's the name um batman v superman and, and all these like you just 
I, I'm just learning to temper my expectations. I don't have expectations. I just want to see it just because all the people who were originally in it. I, I don't know if Eric LaSalle and Samuel L. Jackson are going to be in it. But like virtually everybody's like a note was going to be in it. Like Frankie, Frankie, um, what's his name? Fingers? No, um, not Azon. <laughs> the dude was like, the rich dude, motherfucker. Frankie that Bevin. dude is Frankie. I can't remember his last name, but he, I don't know if he's going to be in on Louis Anderson, but that's not really important. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> no way. Isn't Louis Anderson dead? No. He's still alive. So I believe so. I saw him on, um, on, on Comedy Central, like um, this is this is not happening. Not too long. You know ago. What? Pay me no mind. I always put people in a grave early. That's um, fine. I mean, like he hasn't I'm, done I mean, anything. I just don't feel like everything requires a sequel. I, I don't feel disagree. like Coming to America was good. Mm-hmm. We didn't need a, we didn't need a sequel to it. We didn't need or get a sequel to New Jack City. Yeah. It was a great movie. It stood on its own with Nino. Brown dead at the bottom of the stairwell. If I spoil that for you, don't goddamn plonk because <laughs> nah. that movie came out yes. a long ass time ago, so you should have seen it by now. Pitch Perfect. The original Pitch Perfect. A good movie. It was funny. We didn't need a two or three. Sometimes you just gotta leave it alone. Was it this Nick you been fucking on? Oh, Nina. <laughs> yeah, at least some lighting lighting in a bottle is a real thing. And sometimes you just get it. It's like I have trepidation like Tommy Wiseau is making movies. Has made another movie. I like I haven't seen it. Like I I'm, yeah, but, I feel like I should watch it. But we know but it's that like the, that's we, it's lightning in a bottle like. But that was bad lightning that we just appreciated cuz it was so bad. Lightning, man. It's not all like the striations of lightning. It's lightning, like the sheet look, lightning. Look, there's lightning, lightning, is, lightning is not all equivalent. When lightning fuck up your house. <laughs> <laughs> you can start telling me about all these why, different types of why, lightning. Why you got my house into this? <laughs> Look, why do you speak to me this way? Your car? What do you say, T Red? I said the room is greatly unappreciated by some people. That's all I'm saying. And I'm just saying it's just an example of many of which we've hist- we've stated that sometimes you just get lightning in a bottle. Sometimes like you just get the perfect you get the perfect storm of things that make a movie great. And you can think it's formulaic and try to duplicate it or try to replicate the feeling or the nostalgia of it. And sometimes you can get close to it. Sometimes you can miss terribly. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. So I'm going to just really keep my expectations really low. I don't have any expectations. And I want to be clear that I don't have any expectations. I just think the nostalgia in and of itself. Mm Mm-hmm. Is gonna drive me to see that movie. Yeah, I'm if gonna they see. Did a, it. If they did a, a trading places too, mm-hmm. I wanted to know what would happen to like you know Ra- Randolph and like you know more Billy Ray. Excuse me, not Rand. Well, we kind of wanted because they introduced that at the end of Coming to America. Mm-hmm. Um, with the um, um the brothers or whatever when they got mm-hmm. the money mm-hmm. and they're talking about we're back. We're I mean, back. obviously they're both dead. Mortimer, but Mortimer, yeah. and Randolph. Yeah, they'd have uh, to. It had to yeah. be about their kids yeah. or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. But. At, but still, like I, I did want to know what happened to Billy Ray Valentine and Winston, huh? That was a president. All I heard was president. I said we know what would have happened. They would have helped a um, reality <laughs> star become a president. <laughs> and they were the Koch brothers before we knew who the Koch brothers were. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to exactly. see it. I'm definitely going to see it. 
Just don't know if you're gonna bootleg but it. I also saw Justice League, so you know, like it was, I'm gonna go see it. Yeah. <laughs> I I also saw hey, I saw Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, did you? Did you? I did. Okay. Were you like completely upset? You sound disappointed. Uh, which sounds. No, I mean, like when I walked out. <laughs> did you feel empty inside? So- no, so let me just say, like, visually, there was a lot to like in the movie. Wow. Mm. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Jason Statham. Idris Elba. Yes. Yeah. Idris. On black Dressed Superman. Dressed in all black like the omen. The black Superman. <laughs> I'm a girl saying this is for my homies. And you know me. And you know me. I'm my mate. Also, I've been on a little bit of a little Kim kick lately. I just, and I'm going to get back to Hobbs and Shaw in a moment, but I was listening to it on Sunday. I was listening to like a bunch of little Kim and I heard a line that I've never heard in all of the, however many years I've been listening to little Kim when she said, I'm drinking babies. I was like, oh, how did I, how did I never, (laughs) how did I never hear that? They're full of protein, you know. Yeah, that's what they used to say in my dorm when I was an undergrad. Yeah. So getting back to Hobbs and Shaw, your dorm—it never got outside of your dorm. Your dorm was the only one ever. That was the only one. It never got outside. Yeah, well, yeah. That, I'm sure it did, but that was the first time I was introduced to that rationale. Mm. Um, that sounds about right. College is a good place for that to like proliferate. Yeah, just the people there were like, "Oh my god, you know, it's like dick has got so much protein." I was like, "You all have been." fed a lot but that's not all they've been fed (laughs) (laughs) I think you did there well played Uh, sir golf clap thank you Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think with a movie like Hobbs and Shaw I mean it was what it was I knew what I was going to see and that's what Mm. it ended up being but like Was it great? No, there were so many plot lines. Like it's only been five minutes. How did it go from complete darkness to bright blazing sun? But you know, hey, all that to say, sometimes you go and see a bad movie intentionally. And I do think movies like that, people need to see them to give them a proper (laughs) perspective on good movies because see I think what happens is we take a lot of stuff for granted and I don't think people recognize how much stuff they take for for granted we take <clears throat> we take decent writing for granted we take decent CGI for granted you know we take decent directing and music choices for granted so when we see this thing these things happen in movies and they're decent to great we find all these holes. We start nitpicking, right? Nitpicking. We we expect the movies. We expect movies to be perfect when they're made by people. You know, perfect movies don't exist because perfect people don't exist. And you got these whole culmination of all these perfect people, imperfect people converging to make a movie. So there's just so much space for you know stuff not to be perfect. And then we watch this movie and we don't judge it by the standards of other movies. We judge it by the standards of a perfect movie that doesn't exist. I just think that's people do themselves a disservice when they watch movies that way. But bad movies help give us perspective on the better movies. Did you see Lion King? You did, right? Mm-hmm. Did you like it? 
I did. Okay. Well, is it worth um, seeing in the theater? Like, it's like, you know, like the first one was a classic. Like, do I need to see the second one? Is it giving me enough to? I enjoyed it. Okay. <laughs> Time's running out. I don't know where, how think... long has it been in the theater? It's somewhere. It's Disney. It's somewhere. Right. I think Cam said he enjoyed it. Okay. Okay. I, I, I wanted to go see it like when it first came out, whatever, just life. I still haven't seen Spider-Man Far From Home. Like, you, I should, just, you should get to I'm, that. I'm That's like, worth what? seeing. I'm like, uh, it was worth seeing. Y'all know the way my life is set up. Y'all, was, just, okay, y'all, yeah. are, y'all are aware of this. Yep. And we're going to set it up okay. so you can get so to the next stage gotta, for the night. <laughs> exactly. I got a show in T-minus. <laughs> Before we sign off, I do just want to pass along one article that they have on the Atlantic, the hopefulness and hopelessness of 1619. I don't know if you've seen this on social media anywhere um, today, talking about the 400 years of slavery. Um, apparently somebody decided to go with August 20th, 1619, even though there were reports of people of color being um, brought to this country as far back as like March 1619, but I think it's just an interesting article. If you don't want to read something as heavy and you want to read something a little lighter, uh, Michael Harriet of The Root did a take where he's fashioned this whole slave thing as if it were um, breaking news happening at the moment. That mm. Like, hey, it's, you know, we've been hearing something about like slave indentured servitude, but this whole slavery thing won't last. It's like a, a a lighter take on a heavier topic. Mm. Read them both. It's like Booker T. Washington that saying that, brilliant. like, uh, sounds like, said that the KKK was like a passing fade. He didn't feel any need to like talk about them because they wouldn't last. Okay, I get it. Right, 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 right. But I mean, it's, it's a book, uh, Booker T. was being serious. He, this guy was being. Yeah, this is more like a tongue in cheek. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. It sounds because brilliant. He's also, he's also like updating it, like as the years go, like update. Mm. Oh shit! This slavery thing is actually gonna last. Mm. So, I mean, if you're familiar with the route and you're familiar with Michael Harriet's writing, then you kind of already know what to expect. I really appreciate Michael Harriet's writing, but can you take e- some time. Can you email me both of those links. Sure, I'll post them. I'll post them with the podcast. I can do that. Cool, cool, cool. Um. So on that note. We are going to put a big bow on this bitch and wrap it up. <laughs> okay. What a pretty bow. <laughs> so, signing oh, off. Baby. See you, Rich. Lee Bennett the third, a.k.a. Da Vinci Parks. Slim Williams, a.k.a. S-Double, also known as... My best friend in the whole wide world. And we're going to sign off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't forget to check us out where you find your podcast. Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Apple Music. Uh, yeah. We're, we out there. And also go to this website, www.flashblackradio.com. Check us on our Twitter and IG handles, Flashback Radio. And on Facebook, if you are so inclined. Share us. Tell friends about us. You know, comment. All that stuff. I'll try to recover from T-Rich. Not being where she's supposed to yeah my shoulder is so unshaded right now to the right hand of the slim my entire shoulder right now it's crazy yeah i feel like i'm getting mixed messages here but have a great night uh feel better christy love you christy
Love yourselves, love each other, wash your legs. Oh, I'm gonna love myself. Stay blessed, stay well. Mm -hmm. <laughs>